one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Seventh Haven. And I am very happy today because we're about to weave the fuck out. So, spoil like disclaimer, we're gonna be going like real nerdy. So if you don't want to listen to about talking about anime, like you can skip this episode, but I highly suggest listen you listen anyway. to it because it's gonna be highly entertaining, just so that you can make fun of us later. <laughs> so with me today, I have three wonderful guests. Uh, two of the usual suspects. We got Wilson Huang. Hello. And we got Jesse Lamb. Say what's up, Jesse. What's up, Jesse? Yeah. And we have a newcomer today. Someone new to the pod that I've been wanting for a while. I am looking forward to hear his insights into the world of anime. I have the one, the only, Kamal Washington. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be on this team today. And I'm excited to get it on. Yeah, buddy. All right, like I said before, topic is anime. What is anime? It is the ancient form of, jet of animation coming from the, the land that we love so much, Japan. And I mean, as you, you, you're seeing it like recently, I feel like it's becoming more mainstream and mainstream. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody's watching it now. And you know, I feel like there must be one that you like, you know, you're into or whatever. So like, I just kind of wanted to really share like my love for it and why I love it. And like, really, if you're not, if this is your first time like getting into it, hopefully this is a chance for you to like, you know, get some knowledge and maybe you can like step into it yourself. Uh, but I think first off, what I want to talk about is like, you know, why, how did you get first to get into anime and why do you continue to watch it? Who wants to go first? I can go first. All right. Uh, all right, so for me, I, I think it all started when I was a kid. Um, I was first introduced to anime really, really young. Um, so my cousin, my sorry, my aunt, her sister, she, she's like the oldest of her sisters, and her youngest are like maybe like something around like ten years older than I am. And so uh, you know, around the time when I was a kid, which was about like early 90s, mid 90s, uh, you know, anime was kind of big in Hong Kong. And so like, you know, people would go, my, my relatives would go to Hong Kong and come back, and they bring VHS tapes, Doraemon, yeah. uh, Dragon Ball, you know. I didn't know what it was, I just popped it in and I would watch it, and I loved it. Um, also growing up in San Francisco, uh, you know, in Chinatown, uh, it was big for, the anime and manga to just kind of be a part of the library. Uh, people around would watch it a lot too. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I used to hang out at the, at the North Beach Library a lot, uh, and that was when I started reading a lot of like manga there. So I they find would stock it. They would have a few, yeah. Like they had a ton of Rama half. So you know Jesse learned something that day. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, they'd have. Uh, What's the Usagi Yojimbo? Um, let's see, what else was there? Fist of the North Star. I read a lot of Fist of the North Star as a kid, mm -hmm. um, which is you know when you think about it, the three titles I just listed are definitely not things you should let kids read. <laughs> How many auras out of ten would you give that? Huh? How many auras would you? Give? Oh man, a, a lot. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. 
Wait, you think Robin's not kid? Okay, never mind, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the premise is a guy who becomes a woman, and you know he's normally shirtless. <laughs> so like, is it just commentary on like that gender is actually a spectrum? <laughs> sure. Yeah, and you know, turning into a fucking pig is part of the spectrum. <laughs> or panda. Yeah, or panda. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, you know that I think that was the main thing, and then you know just growing up, a lot of my friends watched anime. Uh, Toonami, big thing uh, that kind of kept it going. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, out just seeing a lot of the classics like um, the the original Gundam, Outlaw Star, G Gundam with shining fingers. Shining finger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Toonami really did a lot for I think uh, bringing a lot of anime to. Uh, the U.S. and kind of shaping our generation, I think. I think for sure, right? I think like it raised the generation of anime lovers today, right? Yeah, I would think. Yeah, because when we were young, like that was when they were bringing all the all the best and dubbing it with like some of the best voice actors. That's true. And it wasn't until they realized that you know anime goes through fucking dry spells that they're like, okay, this is not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> They brought everything over, and, and then all they had left was the rest. It's like, okay, I don't know if we can bring over all this pretty gear. <laughs> yeah, I think that's to your point. Like, you know, anime just has a wide spectrum. I think, you know, the ones that you hear about, you know, very action-oriented, you know, very easy to get into. Like, everybody wants to see a good fight. Mm-hmm. But then if you want to get weird, you, it can get real weird real fast, and I hopefully we'll talk more about that because we're really weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, about you, Kamal. Um, like same. Uh, actually, I grew up in Japan, so I started watching it as a Ooh, kid. I didn't know that. Yeah, watched Doraemon, and there's like other one that fit the same category as like Anpanman is one, Ninja Hattori Kun. But there's like these old like animes that were there, and I think when I moved to the U.S. when I was a kid and started watching cartoons. Certain cartoons weren't like having the same appeal to me like animated. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, you know, like you know, everyone watched Looney Tunes and all that stuff. That was fine, yeah. but I was, like, I wanted something more. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. anime has an impact on, yeah. and you know, just glad like you said, you know, Jesse, Toonami came in. You know, when mm-hmm. I was in college, and actually brought a lot of anime and exposure to like everyone in America, which was great. Yeah, Gundam Wing was awesome. You know. Dragon Ball was great, and it exposed a lot to the normal American, which is great, which I think was more like a gateway thing for everyone to see that, oh, there's something more addition to cartoons, you know, and and just, you know, ever since with that, I got more into it, and now that we have more access to all these animes that are actually releasing at the same time in Japan, that's what makes it even more... Uh, for me, a fan that I can watch more and experience more anime now. So, got that. So, I think I wanted to to your point about like you wanted to find something more that American cartoons didn't uh, that d- didn't offer you. Mm-hmm. What do you think that was? What do you think about special about anime that was like? Oh, this is this is the stuff. Um, I I think that uh, with American cartoons, they're more focused either on like child-specific things like Looney Tunes or maybe like superhero things like, you know, like the uh, Justice League 
or things of that nature. But definitely, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were awesome, mm-hmm. and that was great. Um, but other than that, like, it feels that you know it was not always. It's more product placement, mm-hmm. product selling, and focus on that. So if that cartoon. Like, if they're not getting the toy sales, then definitely that cartoon would be cutting short. But with anime, it's more for the love of the character, the storyline. So I feel that a lot of people, in not only buying the, the proceeds and the toys, but they want the, con- the story to continue. So I like the longevity more of the mm-hmm. animes and stuff. Actually, to Kamal's point, it's like, a, a, I think one of the big deciding factors, or differences between cartoons uh, that we know, that we knew as kids, like Looney Tunes, Transformers, uh, GI Joe, and stuff like that, and and a lot of anime is that you know it carries a narrative, like there's a consistent narrative, you know you see stakes that like you know the characters have. There's there's something to lose. There's something they all can potentially lose, and sometimes they do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's like kind of this. I've been using this word a lot lately, but like kind of this like visceral feeling that you don't really get a lot from American cartoons yeah. often. Uh, like, would you say like, like I mean, I there's probably a better word for this. Like, do you think the American cartoons are very more superficial? I mean, obviously the intent is to kind of get cheap entertainment. It's a vehicle for you know selling toys and merchandise. It's part of like a bigger overall business, probably like purpose but anime is you know it's like other like narrative like media like books and and movies and tv shows it's like it's interesting like like they don't treat a cartoon like as a kid's thing right really it's like just another medium yeah because it's like you know in america cartoons is just cartoons with a few one-offs but like you know in japan they have they have like anime that's like cartoons here they have like on pop kind of like Pretty episodic. Doraemon's pretty episodic. Um, you know, there's like a ton of those geared towards kids, but there's also like, you know, those geared towards like a teenage audience or maybe like a slightly young adult kind of audience. Yeah. Yeah. Just just a variety of anime having a lot of different categories or different themes that could actually appeal to a lot of bigger spectrum for the people that watch compared to cartoons is more focused on like maybe kids and only kids or like teens or something like that mm-hmm. so it's a more narrower spectrum for the audience yeah it's interesting I'm just thinking about like you know our generation specifically I see that we as adults really like you know put forth our fandom like round seems like we really represent it hard and there's a lot of people that rep, you know, like the American cartoons, like Superman, uh, X-Men, Marvel, and like they, you know, they resonate with that. What do you think it is that, you know, like those characters didn't resonate with you, but like these anime characters resonate with you? Like, what do you think that is? Like, Well, I think that you, like, like... Did you see yourself more in them? Were they more relatable? Were I they mean, more... definitely like certain cartoons did resonate, like Transformers definitely did resonate with me. Um, and um, I think it's more with anime, like with with, uh, with cartoons. Like I think everyone is like kind of specific, and like they have a hero or a leader um, or a superhero. 
um, or a villain or bad guy. So it's, it's somewhat of a basic format, but then for anime, you could have so many different spectrums, and you know you could have the the sidekick, or you could have this other out of the ball character that which is not even the the protagonist. Which you know, there's so much things you could work around, and you know it could be focusing on some kind of theme. So it makes it opens it up more freer for the creativity of the people who make these animes. So. So there's a depth that you see that so. is not present in like their American counter counterparts. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of flawed characters. I think that's the <laughs> big thing, you know. Like, yeah. You know, Gene Starman's cool, but he's a very flawed individual. Right. <laughs> and do you think maybe that's what connects? Like Superman's like I I don't mess with Superman, like I don't like cause I don't get him. Like I don't know what it is to be like hell perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. They, they they can't do wrong. But then like you know, there's there's so many characters in a lot of the shows who just like, like uh, I don't know if any of you guys saw the original Gundam, but like, you know, Amuro is constantly just in a con like situation where he's like, I have the power to, like, solve everything, but why do I have to do it? Yeah. <laughs> and he's constantly he's in a constant battle, just like, you know, whenever things go wrong, they're like it's okay, Amuro, you know, just pick up and onto the next next battle. You know, we need you. And he's like, we just killed a fucking colony of people. <laughs> like, right. I killed a colony of people. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's easy for you guys to pick up <laughs> and move along. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting, like, you know, uh, I guess we'll talk about it later, but yeah. it's just, like, really the depth and yeah. the amounts that, you know, anime puts on us. Even, like, at a young age, it seems like a lot, but I don't know. It just seems very... I mean, you know, I think younger people, young people are more emotionally in tune than we like to give them. That's people. true, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, people probably at a fairly early age start kind of, you know, observing these different types of emotions and really internalizing them. Yeah. Um, I think one distinction to make about, like, anime versus Western entertainment or, uh, like, arts and entertainment for age groups teens and lower mm -hmm. is that anime is very visual and it's like a lot easier to absorb for for most but like if I were looking for uh, similar stories slash heroes or like characters in the West it's a bit harder to find I feel like those would be usually in novels or things you'd have to read mm -hmm. um, you don't really find it as much or like I guess Nickelodeon but most of that is like live action or something like that yeah. so I think the fact that it's visual or like uh, very strongly visual kind of leads it to be a little more um, accessible to people around those ages too mm -hmm. um, and so for me I'm like more of a casual to moderate like consumer of anime mm -hmm. and like growing up mostly is because I didn't really have access to it mm -hmm. like I mean, our family didn't have cable or anything and so like all that I knew about it was from like kids at school talking about it and I'd feel like left out, which kind of sucked. Um, but like occasionally I, uh, like once the internet became more of a big thing and we could just torrent shit, <laughs> like, I was able to yeah, watch buddy. a few more. But that being said, like I still only watch like three animes a year tops. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely increasing nowadays because like it's more available and easily found and accessible thanks to like things like Crunchyroll, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for me, 
uh, it really, in like in the past, I used to just watch like whatever the most popular shonen was, like uh, it would be like Naruto or or Bleach or and things like that. Yeah. Then at some point, I started reading like manga as well because I didn't really really want to wait through all the filler episodes. <laughs> uh, so from there, I, I read a few more things like um, Battle Angel Alita. Uh, what else was there? Um, well, not reading, but. I watched this one anime. It's pretty old. It's called like Last Exile. I'm still trying to get Jesse oh, to watch it. Oh, you, 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 you're a connoisseur, dude. Those were like the high art ones, man. You, oh you, yeah, I really you're, like the, you're the. Yeah, you're a you like the art house anime, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Like visual things. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful anime. Yeah, I think the biggest like single injection of like Japanese animation that I got was when I was really young, like maybe ten or something. We went to Japan. And or not sorry, not Japan. We went to China. Yeah. <laughs> and then we bought like the entire existing Miyazaki collection, like mm. Totoro and everything. Mm-hmm. And obviously they were just like bootleg copies. But we watched all of it. And that was when I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Because um I like the animation, like how different all the stories were. And then um like now I'm starting to like explore a few more things like I don't know, like recently I just finished a couple. We could talk about it, like what we've been watching uh, a little yeah. bit later. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's cool that you're, you know, kind of slowly expanding into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which is an interesting point I want to touch on also is that, um, you, like, I, I actually was very much kind of like similar to, like, Wilson, uh, prior to finishing college. Yeah, like, it wasn't until after college that I actually started getting real deep into anime. Like, mm. I would always watch anime, like, kind of like him, like, shonens and stuff like that. Yeah. But it wasn't until, like, you know, I started playing around with the different kind of genres. And then, like, it really is, like, the circle of people that you're with. Cause, you and know, the internet helps a lot, too. The internet helps a lot. Yeah. But, but it was, like... I remember Artie started like referring a bunch of stuff to me, and boom, I, I just went like <laughs> full out, out. You know, it's one of those things where it's like you you think that you're digging in the right spot, and yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm finding some pretty good stuff. Yeah. And then somebody goes, have you tried digging over there yet? Yeah. And then like you just like, and the whole thing just like <laughs> collapses. <laughs> That's basically what happened. I was like, oh, motherfucking Alice just falling into the wonderland of anime. <laughs> No, no, I agree too, because like, in college, you know, I did watch Toonami, I did watch whatever was on, so I was limited in what they provided me, but maybe I would say within five years now, I've been like shotgunning all this anime, you know, like just feed me, feed me, feed me, Mm -hmm. and I was hungry for more, so like, I've just been really getting into it nowadays compared to before. And I think that's the beauty of anime too, where it's like, I think with American cartoons, they kind of like baseline try to appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. But like anime is like, nah, dude, like we have, we have this viewpoint and we're going to go all in on it. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, like whatever, but you know, if you're down with it, we're down with you. Fuck, it's great. Yeah. And it's like just having that variety and be able to discover new things. It's like going on the internet, right? Going on YouTube, like you're like, oh, I'm just going to go down holes. Like. This it's a little scary, but I might like it. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, and sometimes yeah. you'll be like, I, "Why am I here? I gotta get the fuck out," it's and like, that's totally fine. It's I can't like, fucking look away. <laughs> I think what's cool is that there's so many different genres. Like, you can watch your slice of life stuff. You can watch your like really dark and with a lot of blood, like yep. Van Helsing or something. Yeah. And then you have your like pure action or your, uh, you know, 
life in school kind of stuff, but with added superhero powers. Yep. Obviously. <laughs> yep. Um, romance yeah so that's, that's rom-coms yeah that's what I find yeah. that's really really cool is that there's like a genre for whatever you're feeling like watching yeah yeah it, it's, it's essentially just saying like another medium that's the best part about it which is what I try to tell a lot of people it's like you know it, it, it functions the same way as how we view normal cinema yeah you just you know there are certain things probably for your taste out here and you'll probably like it just yeah. look for similar stuff yeah, not everything has tentacles, but if that's your thing, <laughs> you can find it very easily. Yeah. Shout out Monster Musume, I guess. <laughs> oh, you went tame. I thought you were going to shout out La Blue Girl. Oh. If y'all know La Blue Girl, yo, yo. My, my mans, my people's over there. Hentai. You're, you're in deep with us. Yeah, you're in deep. <laughs> we're going to talk about hentai. We've got a colony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. It's interesting that you mentioned like cinema because now that I think about it, maybe the reason why like media is like anime is so prevalent in like Japan and not so much here is because the movie industry is so big here. Mm-hmm. So like if you were to go look for things that you were interested in in different genres, the the movies is where you'd go here. Mm-hmm. But I actually don't know how big movie theaters and stuff in Japan is. Uh, I mean, I would imagine it's kind of roughly the same. I mean, I would think so. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, because here, like, because of our proximity to like Hollywood and like the fact that mo- a lot of the big action blockbusters and things come out of Hollywood in the mm-hmm. states, like, it would make sense that that's much larger over here than internationally. But mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just a thought. I mean, Ghibli, right? Str- strictly films. Miyazaki, mm-hmm. was strictly films. I mean, it's an art. It's yeah. great. Um, yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe a part of me feels like Hollywood kind of looks down on animation as a whole, just in general, as like a media format, I think. Hmm. I think, because you know, it's an industry, right? Like, Hollywood is based on like, you know, like there's all these staff and crew that you don't see behind the scenes, and like, you know, so if like, if anime were to become more popular, like it threatens their existence. There's not a face that you can put on it. Yeah, and Disney kind of dominates that space here, so that makes a little more sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think to your point, talking about like all the things that you know, there's so much for so many people. I think, for me, like I think the two genres that got me into it was shonen, which, uh, like to explain, is like more thinking about anime or or manga, you know, targeted towards like young young boys. So imagine what young boys want. They want somebody that is you know, starts off like as like as them, but they grow and they progress and they struggle, but they overcome. And I think the other uh, genre that I was into was harem. Mm. So the idea is like you have like this loser main character and then he just gets surrounded by all these beautiful women and girls and just like, you know, the hijinks ensue. Um, so I think the first animes I was, exposed, I was exposed to was Dragon Ball. And what was the other one called? Uh, shit. With Ryoko. Uh, oh, Tenshi Muyo? Tenshi Muyo. There you go, dude. So that was kind of a shonen, like, uh, harem. And so that's that kind of, like, you know, brought me to, like, my high school years. And then, like, to your point, when people talking about, like, oh, you get into anime by, like, usually by recommendations of people that you know. And I think that was around the time when fan subs were huge. That basically, like, back in the day, like, you know, people would, like, get like the raw footage or videos from Japan in Japanese and they would translate it and put the sub- and write the subtitles 
you know, themselves. That's what we call a fan sub. It's, it's not official by any company. And I think I got a fan sub of, like, Love Hina in high school. Ah, uh, good old Love Hina. Love Hina is, like, a quintessential, like, classic if you like the harem. He's, like, a loser guy. I think in Japan, like, if you don't get, if you fail your college exam, like, you're considered, like, it's, like, a pretty bad status to have. And he was kind of stuck there. But then he goes to live in this hotel surrounded by the, all these, like, beautiful women. But it was yeah. just, like... I think it was, like, his grandma owned it or something. Yeah. And it's just like the premises are crazy. Yeah. yeah, and they all had like crazy fucking rooms. Too. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's wild. But I think that's the thing I also like about anime is like it kind of like takes like a re- real life situation, but like exaggerates it and like turns it up to like eleven, mm-hmm. where it's still relatable, but in some cases it's not. It's just kind of just wild, right? And yeah, I think I hella got into the fan sub game where it's like to the point where I would like you said like download like a lot of stuff. Either torrent or like Kazo or LimeWire, put that shit on CDs, and I would actually distribute that shit in high school. Ah, <laughs> uh, you were the provider. I was the provider, and I was happy to do so. Bless it, man. And Bless I think it. that was like my time too. Like I was just like that was my my my, my discovery. Like, oh, what's this one? Like, oh, like I gotta check this out. And like you kind of just you know mix and match and see what you what you vibe with. I don't think I ever watched. Well, the closest thing to a harem anime I watched was uh, Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. If anyone knows about that. To another art house. That is very art house. You are are an anime hipster guy. I love you. I don't know. I thought the art was really cool. Like, the style was really I now know Wilson's aesthetic. Thank you. This podcast is great. I mean, if if it makes you excited, the the next season is going to have the guy who made... It's going to be an anime by the guy who made Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. Nice. Yeah, dude. You're you're pretty... I have so many recommendations for you now. (laughs) Great. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think to your point too, just like, it wasn't just, you know, finding stuff that you're into, it was really cool to find these people that were into it too, because I think at the time, like, it was very, anime was very, like, underground, like, it was kind of weird if you, st- if you watch, like, really weird, like, you were like, man, what's this weird, like, stuff you're watching, it's kind of like, it's in Japanese, do you even understand what they're saying, mm-hmm. all that other stuff, so it felt like... I think I liked it so much too because I felt like I enjoyed it so much, but it was like something that I was afraid to really share with people, right? Yeah. It wasn't the coolest thing, you know, which I think now it is, which is great, but like, mm. I just felt like extra nerdy, like uber nerdy. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, you like the eye with the big eyes and they squeal like little, like, yeah. babies and stuff? I'm just like, there's more to it than that. <laughs> it's deeper than that. There's more. I think another one that actually, like, really hit me. Which made me realize, like, you know, like, there's there's way more to anime than just, like, is, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. That one, I was just, I, I didn't, the first time I watched it, I didn't get it at all. Mm. But I was just, like, it's one of those things where you can't look away, you're like, what the hell is happening, bro? And, yeah, I think, like, just the premise is, like, you know, post-apocalyptic world, young children have to pilot big robots to fight aliens. But, I don't know, there was just way more, like, drama to it. I mean, uh, the protagonist was basically what an actual teenager's reaction to all this would be like. They're like, get in the robot and fight. Like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> like, 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 I'm a fucking kid. Yeah, it's like, I'm like 15. Fuck you. <laughs> like, get in the fucking robot, Shinji. <laughs> Seeing like the people from his crew get their fucking face 
like bitten off and devoured. He's like, are you still expecting me to go out of this? Yeah. Yeah. Look, man, as a kid, I thought Shinji was a bitch. As an adult, yeah. I can kind of sympathize Oh, with yeah, him. for sure, yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, with his dad, like, I, who cares what your fucking dad says? Father <laughs> of the fucking year, man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, um, but I also think it also introduced me to this concept of, like, what a waifu is. Like, I was like, I really, it's kind of, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I felt like I, I really, like, like, fell in love with, like, Asuka and Rei. I was just like, oh, these are, like, really pretty. Mm-hmm. 2D girls <laughs> that I like. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I was like, like you know, prepubescent, like, yeah. so. I think, I think Ron Lahaf kind of hit me the same way. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Evoking things in us. <laughs> yep. Being in Shem- puberty Shem- and Shem- watching Shem- Ron Lahaf <laughs> question certain things. Yeah. And, <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. And I think about that too, really. It's like, like when you really like, I think it was the first time when like you saw something animated, like, oh yeah, this is a, this is a pretty girl, or like this is a pretty like, girl. like before cartoons were just like you know like stupid like yeah. But then you have here you have shampoo drawn to be the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so great. I mean that's really cool. Like how you know just got a sense of like what y'all how you got into it, and I think now I just want to talk about um, you know it's the beginning of the year still, but twenty nineteen was a pretty big year for anime. And I could like was looking for like some list that we could talk about and like you know, just that highlights the top ten. This is according to Reddit, according to Karma. May not be the most definitive or you know best one to go with, but I think looking at the list like it's a pretty. You'll get an idea of what like people are into, what's popular right now in the world of anime. Uh, so I think we'll start at number ten, which was uh, Shield Hero. Did any of you guys watch Shield Hero? I did not, unfortunately. I did watch it. You did watch it? Yes. What did you think of it? Well, here, to give you background, it's an isekai, which means, like, it, which is a popular anime genre right now, this yeah. day and age. It's the concept is, like, what if you were transported from this real world into a fictional one, usually a game one, yeah. or, like, in an anime? Basically, yeah, you're just or transported. Like a fantasy world. Or a fantasy, a fantasy world. world. Or some kind of, like, permutation of that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's been... Everywhere, I, I feel like it's thanks to Sword Art Online that they really just like amped it up to a hundred. You know, it was fu- you know it went from like some some things are considerably isekai in the past, but then man, after Sword Art Online, fucking everywhere, bam, 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 <laughs> everything's a goddamn isekai, guaranteed, guaranteed, fucking teeth. Every season, that shit is basically like incest porn. Suddenly, it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny, like it's, like it's weird. Like whatever's popular in anime, it kind of reflects like what you know people are like like into, like their kinks and their like yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like it's like yeah, it's one of those things where suddenly you know you want more of everything. Step step blank. <laughs> yeah. Kind of step sibling and on. But the isekai, everything and on. Yeah, dude. And it's like never ending. But I think, like, what did you think about Shield Hero? So I think the spin on this isekai was that, I think he was, like, the protagonist was, uh, especially, well, like, there was controversy with this anime, right? Because, like, this is the first time I've seen an anime where, like, a female character accused another character of rape. And this is around the time when, like, Me Too was kind of big or, like, kind of popping yeah. off. So people were like, oh, they're trying to cancel this anime. But I don't know. It was Definitely. pretty standard for me. 
Uh, yeah, um, definitely uh, had some moments in it. Um, definitely, I prefer this other isekai, uh, how I was reincarnated as slime, um, more so. But this one, actually, it was pretty interesting concept that um, him, um, how he started um, being having a, his only tool was a shield, and usually shield is only a defensive uh, type of weapon compared to an offensive weapon, which the other characters had. So he had to come up with all these strategies and um, these accomplishments that he needs to do to um, earn the same level of rights as the other heroes that had the weapons. Um, but uh, the story story was interesting how it started off. Uh, it, it didn't start off as what he promised, thought that he was going to be the OP guy, but uh, the storyline came out good. Uh, I definitely, I am intrigued that they are continuing it. So I don't mind watching it again, the continuing watching the series, so. Yeah, I think the takeaway for people that aren't into anime, it's like, if you watch any kind of drama, I mean, I think specifically K-pop drama, there's this like genre, subgenre called, like, I would call it justice porn, mm -hmm. where it's like, you put these characters through really like rough stuff, but you're no, and you're just waiting for the moment where they get their justice. Mm -hmm. And it's like so sweet. And I think that's the sweet spot for people like White Shield Hero, because to your point, come out, it's like, they kind of really like put them through the ringer. Like you have a shield, you ain't shit. You break this person. You're like you're scum, and you're just waiting. And like you can know that he's not really that bad of a person. He's just the circumstances of his, what's going on. And then, then when they hit those points of like when he gets his justice, it's like it's pretty sweet. And I think that's what kept me watching. Mm -hmm. So if you're into justice porn, you, you want to check out <laughs> Shield Hero. So number nine, it's, this could be controversial. Number nine is One Punch Man season two. Mm. Yeah. You know, not gonna lie, I'm I'm a little actually surprised it even made the list, if I were to be honest. Same. Yeah. Because yeah. let me I mean I, I enjoyed the story. It was great. Can you give the story? What's the Oh, so One Punch Man is basically uh, the story of Saitama, who is One Punch Man. Uh, he is so he lives in a world where heroes, you know, people have powers and everything exists, but it's like this like weird, undescribed, really dystopian world where everything's all like messed up, monsters are constantly attacking, uh, and so, you know, One Punch Man wanted to be a hero. He trained really, really hard, so hard he lost all his hair, <laughs> and he got real, he got real strong, too strong, to the point where now everything is just a trivial task, like, he disposes of everything in just one punch, and he's just kind of bored of it all now. Yeah. I mean, and it, but then, you know, he he's just a hero for fun at this point. <laughs> so would you say it's like an anime spin on Superman? Kind of, yeah. yeah. If Superman got bored of being a god. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, you'd imagine would happen a lot sooner than you think. I mean, it's an interesting concept, too, because it's like, you know, in typical, it's a shonen, right? Yeah. In typical shonen, like you're always trying to gain more power, but now when when Punch Man presents the idea, like, what if you have all the power and like, like life is just boring now. Yeah, yeah. So he's always just searching for like a worthy opponent or opponent that'll make him feel alive. Yeah. And I guess for season two, he basically like a new character shows up who, uh, instead of trying to be the hero, he wants to be the ultimate monster, but he's human. And so his whole deal is he goes around beating up or trying to kill other heroes. 
Um, and I think, so the reason why I agreed with Jesse with uh, One Punch Man Season 2 being a very big surprise of it even making the list is that, like, first off, the animation was not as on point as the first season, where there are multiple episodes where it was, like, it just kind of shock and awe you at the, the fidelity and, like, the excitement that you'd experience. And also, I feel like... Uh, so, I think people have differing opinions about this, but I feel like the second season didn't have as much focus on Saitama and a lot on... Uh, is it Garo? Is it the name? Garo, of Garo. Garo yeah. Yeah. Um, and that felt like, what am I watching exactly? Because I want to see Saitama develop a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, it felt like a very... The story for season two felt much shorter than the first season, mm-hmm. uh, which is also probably one of my complaints, is that it didn't feel like there was a lot of substance to the second season, uh, and the animation was like a little subpar. And plus uh, another studio. Yes, studio yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 I think that's another consideration that we have as like watching anime, like with any, you know, like other media, right? Like studios that have great reputations like Disney, Marvel, you know, you'll watch them because you know the quality is going to be good. Same thing with anime. Uh, we definitely would recommend you watch One Punch Man season one. Mm-hmm. That was done by Madhouse. Madhouse. Madhouse is one of the, you know, great anime companies right now. They did season one. You should watch it. Really good. Season two, JC staff. They tried really hard, but yeah. yeah. But I I understand why they did it though, because yeah. it you know it was either that or they had to wait till like this year to maybe get the original staff back online and you know. We all saw what happened to Attack on Titan season two. It took a lot of people to consider yeah. getting back on it because it's been it was like four or five years until the second season. And yeah. One Punch Man was getting there, man. It's like the, you got to keep the momentum. Yeah, it's like you know we just got to get the story out. Maybe we'll get the team back together for the next season. But at least you're keeping it fresh in people's minds. Yeah, I feel like the next season is going to be a big tell on the longevity of the series. So keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah. It's not a potato on a ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, Madhouse is not typically. Oh, actually, they, they changed the reason, but Studio Madhouse was never really very well known for releasing a third season of anything until recently mm. with Chihaya Fruit. Which we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And like, just another thing to note like, if we, the, we've been talking a lot about seasons, like, animes do come out as the seasons change, which is kind of nice. So, seasons usually last between 12 to 13. Episodes, which is about 12 to 13 weeks, which is about a quarter. Uh, so that's why we mentioned seasons. So, like, it's kind of nice. That's another thing, too. Like, you get the variety. It's because, like, they're pumping them out, like, every... There's new mm. stuff every three months. So it's, like... Yeah. You know, it's pretty cool. Uh, let's, let's, let's keep it going. I think number eight, only one of us watched, and that was Vinland Saga. Oh, yeah, I think that was just come out. Oh, yeah, I watched this one, too. Tell me about Vinland Saga. What's it about? Uh, Vinland Saga is about a little boy um, and Vikings. Uh, Basically, it takes place up in, like, Norway area. uh, area, And um, him and his... uh, He lives in a village, and his father, um, they had to go to war... So he snuck, uh, the little kid snuck up on the boat and with his father and a group of Vikings. And then they were confronted uh, with some pirates. And I don't want to spoil much, but basically the kid parted ways from his family and he had to grow up. And which is weird part is that the, he actually had to follow the pirates and grow up 
roughly and and survive out there. Um, definitely, it was a it was a good story. Um, I the the ending was a little shocking to me, but definitely the art style was pretty good. Um, it's really hard because it's a historic piece, so definitely a lot of historic pieces are really hard to generate like attractiveness for the audience. But I think this one was actually pretty good. Um, it is a little gory too, so it helps out with that. Um, and I mean, having an anime about Vikings sounds original enough that people will be curious enough to check it out. So yeah, it's a very typical genre, like the historical, uh, like historical, like gory, like it's like super, like like realistic and mm-hmm. trying to like really show you the how visceral the past yes. was. And shouts out to Askeladd. He's the antagonist, and he is great on in a character in that that show. So, would you say people that are into like, let's say, like Game of Thrones or like that type of like vibe should watch Vinland? Yeah, Zero? I think they would like it. Uh, definitely, um, it has an historic piece to it. So, uh, don't really hear much about that area. I know there's a Viking live action show, but I haven't watched that. But definitely, this is a good little. Uh, a uh, little show to watch if you like Vikings and definitely like kind of has that game of them kind of feel. So I got a question because uh, one of the, like my one of my few joys that I like to watch in anime is like hearing Japanese voice actors speak in other languages. Do they speak any Viking languages in the show? It's funny. Um, <laughs> so this is one thing that um, I remember watching uh, one of the um, anime uh, tubers uh, mentioned, but. Actually, it is all in Japanese. So, on the show, they uh, like there are different uh, nationalities, and they speak in their language, but they kept it to all Japanese. Yeah, they just hint like, oh, is he speaking Nordish, or or is like speaking like uh, English or French? So it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that they're all speaking Japanese yet. They can't understand each other. Oh, so, man. It's yeah. like Star Trek. <laughs> I feel like that's always been a thing with anime, especially when you have cross, like, you know, cultural yeah. stuff. It's like, or like if you think the cast is not even necessarily Japanese, they're like, are they speaking Japanese? Are they speaking? <laughs> like, yeah. It's a, it's a funny thought exercise to go through. But yeah, um, let's breeze through it. I think the next one, I might, I might be the only one that watched it Dr. Stone. Oh, I watched it. Oh, you watched Dr. Stone? So I feel like this list is very much dominated by shonen, I think for good reasons. Very like, again, that story, that narrative, like a hero's journey, very resonates with like a lot of people, not just young boys. And the story about Dr. Stone is basically another post-apocalyptic world where everybody, like in, the, in like, let's say our current times, were petrified. 3,000 years later, like one of them, with the smartest kid in the world, loves science, you know, like gets cracked open. And like he's basically has to rebuild civilization. How do you go about doing that? Obviously with science. So he's like you know anime Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super really, cool. I yeah. Really check that out. I think it's great because it like it kind of reminds me if you ever play like those civilization civilization like building like yeah. game from the beginning like the ground up. It's just really fascinating to see like how he gets around like oh you know how do you get food how do you like you know you know like. Because his goal is to basically bring everybody back, yeah. the whole world, unpetrified. So it's like, how do you get back to that world? And it's pretty, it's it's engaging, but it's also like informative. You learn about science. 
I'm not sure if the science is 100 holds up, but like you know, you're learning something. Actually, it does hold up. Like they even had disclaimers on the show, like do not make these things because mm. some of the things explodes and mm. and some of the things are very unsafe materials, ingredients, and stuff. But yeah, like I saw a guy actually mimic them making the Coke, Coca Cola that oh, they really? made, and actually they said it was really close to the product. So, oh yeah. snap! So yeah, so it's actually legit the yeah. science that they put that's, in. That's that's one thing I found that is very common in anime is that they do their research about yeah. whatever topic it is, whether it's sports, science. Uh, I can't speak to magic because I don't know if that's real. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you, it's, are you trying real? to imply that magic isn't? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe I don't know. Uh, but uh, and cooking, like cooking, is definitely a, a major one. Like. All the everything is like super accurate down to the technique and like all that stuff. So that is one thing that I found was very very like respectful and really intriguing about anime. Yeah, a very recent example is Cells uh, at Work. Oh yeah, Cells at Work. Mm -hmm. A lot of doctors like they had a lot of videos on YouTube where like doctors would watch it and be like, yeah, it's a good description of it. I mean, yeah. sometimes a little, you know, flavored up, but yeah. for the most part, like yeah, that's. That's generally what would happen. Yeah, yeah if you <laughs> like the Magic School Bus episode of When They Go Inside a Human, you'll like Cells at Work. It's basically that, but the whole, the whole series. Yeah. Um, also, one thing I wanted to bring up is, like, you know, the story, or the, the theme of, like, post-apocalyptic world stuff is yeah. coming up a lot. Yeah. And uh, in college, I took a, a course on um, Japanese art history, and one of the, the things that we studied was... Um, I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name or anything, but Takashi or Takashi Murakami, mm -hmm. uh, he wrote a he has this whole series of art and stuff called like Little Boy, which refers to the atomic bomb uh, that was dropped. But a whole lot of uh, Japanese pop culture nowadays, in particular like anime uh, and even like you know like cute stuff, yeah. comes from that singular event um, where like because everything was destroyed in, a, in an instant, um, people of return to like uh that childlike state because it's like safe and feels comfortable right mm -hmm. um so that's why that particular theme is brought up a lot of like for example like dragon ball we just shoot a giant laser and it's a big flash of light and everything is gone mm -hmm. like that comes up a lot um or that imagery of like atomic bomb yes yeah, yeah. like ultimate destruction and then like trying to uh, survive and rebuild out of that and become stronger and more powerful. Oh, snap. Yeah. So there is a yeah. very historical reason for this. And some people can even argue that, like, had that event during World War II not happened, we would not have anime in the state it is today. I'm conflicted right now. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely recommend looking it up and seeing some of his work because it's very interesting. Um, Takashi Murakami. Yeah, like, especially there's one where he, like, it's a guy just jizzing everywhere. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I yeah, know what you're talking about, right? Yeah it's, yeah, it's weird, but... Don't think it's weird. He did the cover art for Kanye West graduation. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. Rappers love him. <laughs> Anyways, let's, let's, let's keep it moving. <laughs> we, number six, another shonen post-apocalyptic anime. Naturally. There's a theme going on here, see, people? And it's called The Promised Neverland. Mm. Did any of you guys watch it? I didn't watch it. I have watched it. Oh, me too. <laughs> well, I think we like Shonen Focus post-apocalyptic anime. Do you want to explain the premise? Uh, okay, so Promised Neverland is about this orphanage um, that raises kids, but there's actually an alter ulterior motive 
of the purpose of the kids being raised at those orphanage, but they find out the negative aspects of it and they are looking to escape that and away from the tragedy that occurs over there. Yeah. I think it's a little different than your standard shonen battle anime. It's a little bit more psychological, right? Because it's like a, it's a kind of a mystery too because you slowly uncover like a more sinister underplot to, you know, these why these kids are here in this like, you know, collective. But I think that's part of the, yeah, I think it's... It's like a thriller. It's a thriller. I definitely think you, if like you want something a little bit more like, yeah, like heart dark. racing, dark. What's the like the setting? Is it like fantasy? It's the magic. It's like a townhouse, I think. It's like a like a the picture like an idyllic farm, that's like raised oh, by like, like by like children. Yeah. There's like you know dormitories that's run by nuns and they go um, sister. Hey, you doing something? And they're closed in. They don't know what the oh, world is like outside. It's like cultish. Yeah, it's funny because at first when you're describing it, it kind of gave me vibes of Bioshock, you know, like the little sisters and they're just kind of orphans. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, <laughs> it's definitely like really thought provoking. I'll, I'll I will say like I don't want yeah I don't want to ruin the the the. Uh, mm. Sorry for being really vague, but like the twist is like pretty intense. Very intense, but definitely the characters in it, um, they're children, so it just seeing what they go through in this ordeal for this season that's really uh, really I think it, it makes you feel attached to them in a way because of what they encountered and it's, um, it's definitely something that's kind of dark enough that you want to see a light like you, yeah. you're trying to root for them uh, yeah. it, it, like a, it's, it's definitely like a survivor type of mentality so if you're want to enjoy something like that it'd be something to watch for yeah and i think to know even though it's a shonen manga and anime the, the main protagonist is a female a smart female yeah that doesn't really have battle skills so definitely a different look i think they're trying to subvert the genre a little bit uh yeah it's it's really good number five probably the biggest anime right now super hot my hero academia oh yeah Ooh, uh, yes. You, you want to take this one? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just caught up, uh, finished watching it, and uh, like prior to this, like the other major shonen I watched is Naruto, um, and then I like when watching that, I was tired of the filler, so I eventually read the manga. Um, but for my hero, like I went into it kind of comparing it to Naruto the whole time, and so far. At every point, it's kind of ex- uh, like surpassed that, in my opinion. Um, like the pacing, how well the stories intertwine, uh, like the faults and strengths of people. Um, also, to note, like for season four, for every single episode, I did not skip the opening because the song was so fucking. Oh good. yeah, they typically <laughs> just have like pretty fire songs. Yeah, usually the yeah. popular shonens have the hot fire yep, songs. Yeah, they always have the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so for those who don't know what My Hero Academia is, uh, the story is, once again, like a world in which, you know, people are born with superpowers, but they don't typically manifest until later. Um, there are, so I think it was about 80% of babies born will manifest powers, while 20% won't. And so the protagonist uh, is, uh, it follows young Midoriya Izuku, who was born waiting for his powers to manifest, but one did, but you know, never did. 
And so the story goes from there where, I guess it's not really a spoiler to say, I mean, that's the, the basis of the show, but, you know, uh, he's given powers by somebody, by a hero. Uh, that he idolizes. That he idolizes. Who's considered the strongest hero. Uh, yes. Symbol all of time, really. Yeah. And yes. so the story, that's where his story kind of officially begins. Um, and so yeah. a lot of it covers a lot of you know, other characters' powers and their pluses and minuses. The, the general society built around a world in which superpowers exist. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because typically uh, a lot of these shows follow like the hero's journey where he's just to, you know, fail and get stronger and then face all these different trials. And you definitely watch this kid fail a lot early on. Like, he's always just trying to become better, but he's, you know, constantly comparing himself to those around him who are either innately gifted or have had a lot more experience. Um, And he is just trying to learn but the interesting thing about his character is that like you know like other main characters may just be um like very like they just grow in terms of power but this kid is also really smart to begin with and so that is also an asset to his being able to work towards becoming this like ultimate hero that's his goal um and and i think the standout thing about him is that um, he isn't innately smart or strong. Everything that he is was all through hard work, which is one of those things where it's like, you know, it's a very important thing to stress, you know, when it comes to, I I think that's one of the coolest lessons for Baker. Like, he, he works his ass off, like, you know, and that's how he gets to where he is. It's not like Oh, and the power of friendship. And the power of friendship, <laughs> as anime is known yeah, to have. He's, he's kind of uh, developed himself to be a really good leader in some ways, like, even though he doesn't see that for himself. Yeah. Um, so that's very cool to see him grow in that way. Um, but, you know, obviously if it's a hero anime, there's going to be villains. And I think that is also a really distinguishing uh, mark of this anime, is that the villains are really cool, but they also have a lot of depth to them. Because, you know, some, some villains are just, like, there for evil, but these villains have their own view of what's good slash right, and they work towards that, uh, which is also interesting. Because it kind of blurs the lines between, like, why is something good considered good, right? Mm-hmm. Is it just because you believe that it's the right thing to do? And so it gets into that uh, a bit more, too. Yeah, they all have their motives. Yeah, I mean, it definitely tells you, like what your perspective is that's good is bad but also just like the show the boys you know like mm-hmm. like is this just doing something for recognition for money for power or is this an alternative thing or, or are you really true good hearted and wanting to save society mm-hmm. and th- that nature so a lot of different views that people have in this show as well I mean, it kind of is a perfect storm of stuff that's hot right now, right? Superheroes are big. Mm-hmm. Anime's huge. Uh, I mean, it's be- beautiful because, like, there's so many characters that you'll latch on to at least one of them. So, like, yeah. it's like so that's why I think it's the most popular anime right now because everybody can find something to like about it. Yeah, and they give everyone, like, just enough depth where you can start to, like, one if you did, like, one. Yeah. Cool. Moving on. So, I think probably the most hype anime of the year. 
uh, Demon Slayer. Oh. Oh, baby. Yeah. Demon Slayer. I think me and Kamal are the only ones that watch this one too. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, that's in my queue as well. That's the one I'm going to watch next. I think you'll so. like it because it's the animation is beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Production IG is the company. They've Very done a lot of big stuff. You probably heard of Ghost in the Shell. It's probably the big, mm -hmm. one of the big ones. Uh, Attack on Titan, I believe, is Attack, also. I think that's Studio Wit. Oh, yeah, you're right. Production ID, IG did do the anime section of, uh, remember Kill Bill? Oh, that anime oh, part. Yeah. Production IG did, did that. I think they also did work on the Animatrix, if I don't think That was really good, too, yeah. if anyone hasn't yeah, watched yeah, it yet. That was. Great time to watch it now, because, you know, Matrix 4 is filming here. Right, right <laughs> yeah, now, right? We just saw Keanu yeah. over on, in West Oakland or yeah, something, Yeah, he just right? jumped off a bunch of crates and stuff. Anyways. But yeah, talking about Demon Slayer, uh, another shonen, but it's not post-apocalyptic. But, I mean, it's a very typical premise. It's uh, another typical story. It's like, you know... Young boy, family was slaughtered by demons, uh -huh. uh, and you know, and it's his quest for revenge, basically, trying to find that demon that you know, you know, basically ruined his life. Are these like the the Western uh, visualization of demons? Because do you know what I mean? Like oh well. well let, let, let give the reveal. I think first. they're more like traditional, like Japanese. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's in, in like feudal yeah. Japan. Oh, Demon Slayer. Yeah, it, it's. I'm. I haven't even seen it, but I'm like almost certain it's the Japanese representation. It yeah, is. Yeah, because there are uh, different demons have different uh, powers, and it does mimic certain Japanese folklore. cultural's folklore stuff too as well. Um, but definitely, like. You know the character protagonist, like he actually one of his siblings did survive, but she was actually changed into a demon, and he's doing anything necessary to help return her back to normal. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so she turned into a demon, and then, and it's like, you know, so in this in this feudal Japan, like demons do exist. People know they exist, and they have like a a demon slayer corp. Corporation or not corporation, but like uh, military that like is equipped to, to deal with them. So it's just a story about how he rises up the ranks, trying to have the power to be able to, you know, get uh, kill that demon, but also save his sister. I mean, it's very high level. You think it's very like generic, but I mean, I think the sticking points is that the story and the animation is beautiful. Like, there's one episode if you want to go through it. I think episode 19 where everything kind of blow. It kind of broke the internet. Uh, but definitely something you want to check out if you want that traditional like you think like that samurai sword play, like all that stuff. You should definitely check out Demon Slayer. Yeah, UFO Table. UFO they're, Table. That's right. They're really good. Um, they did Fate Stay Night, uh, Unlimited Blade Works, mm -hmm. and Fate Zero. Excellent job they did. Uh, yeah, UFO Table is kind of on the up and up right now. Let's move along with number three, Mob Psycho 100 Season mm. 2. You guys I actually haven't seen it yet. Oh my god! I know. Dude, okay, so I'm gonna tell you now, 2019, I was playing a lot of games. Yeah, I'm very surprised that you haven't watched as much anime. But the thing was also, like, you know, I feel like there's a, there was a lot of shonen, and I just can't watch them all. You know, oh, it's I get like, what you mean. I, I, yeah. I was like, I'm all, I was also kind of like at a shonen overload, which is yeah. like, I needed something different, which is kind of like, you'll notice like the things, 
I did see last year yeah, were I, quite different. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's so many different kinds of shonen. Oh, I know. <laughs> Sometimes you just want slice of life. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, there, there was a lot of that too. Yeah. It's definitely shonen heavy for me. Uh, so I think it's funny. So the creator of One Punch Man is actually the same creator as uh, one as Mob Psycho yes. 100. So it's a little bit different. So basically, Mob is like a young boy who is like the... So this time it's like psychics, espers in this world that have all the power. So basically, he's the strongest psychic in the world but the flip is so like this character like likes to flip on that the most powerful being you know concept right so one punch man was very bored i think with mob he was like he's actually kind of like not accepting of it he's kind of like pushing it away like like i don't want this like he doesn't he's not accepting he's not owning that he's the most powerful person in the world so you he, he kind of pushes it down to his detriment kind of like you know, the whole point of the, the reason why it's called My Mob Psycho 100 is like, so he has this emotional meter that goes from zero to 100. Once he reaches 100, whenever he gets disturbed or like he gets like upset, he blows up and he can't control his power anymore. So he's kind of scared of the power. Uh, and it's interesting too, because it's like, I think it's relatable because like, I think that's what we would react to. Like if we knew that we we're gonna blow up and like potentially destroy everything, like how would we handle this power? We'd probably do the same thing. So it's his struggles trying to figure out had to just stay home that. and watch anime. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? Yeah, a lot of it's just him staying mentally stable, too. Uh, yeah. Like, he has, like, yeah, because I watched the first season of it. I haven't seen the second one, but, yeah. yeah. And it kind of goes deep into that. So it's like, it kind of goes into the, psych, psych, the psychological aspect of, like, what it means to be the most powerful person in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, like, that responsibility, that weight, that could potentially crush you. Like, it's, 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 uh, it's really good. And the action scene's also amazing. Oh. I think... I forgot who did it. Was it also Madhouse or Bones? Uh, Bones. Bones. So Bones, another big company. Yeah. Uh, Bones also does My Hero Academia. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. definitely Mob. I was waiting for Mob. Like, I was waiting for Mob more than One Punch Man, actually. I love Mob. Mob is great. Um, the fighting scenes are awesome. And it's just the visual effects, man. It's just... Yeah. I think you might go into a seizure a little bit. <laughs> it's just so many things going on with the visual effects in the in the show, and the battle scenes just just get so out Great, there. Yeah. And and definitely Mob, I, I love the character, and definitely the other guy as well. Reagan. The Reagan. Reagan's pretty funny too. So there's a lot more character de development of Reagan in season two. So it's pretty interesting where that came from as well. Yeah, Reagan is basically is a private private eye, but also likes exorcist, and basically he uses mob. Uh, mob works for him, and mob does all the work, but Reagan takes all the credit. Uh, so it's a little mix of everything. It's not like super drama. Mob does, you know, it's great to see him develop as a character from season one to season two. Actually, I think it's one of the best arcs, you know, for a shonen character. Definitely check it out. Number two, finally, not, not a shonen, but maybe it is a shonen, but I'll let you guys talk about number it. Number two or number four? Number two. Oh, number right, two. Number two, number oh. two is oh, oh. Kaguya-sama, mm. Love is War. Oh. Jesse, yeah. it's been a while. Maybe you want to talk about this. I love this show. Okay, so Kaguya-sama, Love is War is about uh, the student council president uh, and, the stu and the student council vice president, okay? So they both like each other, but they are from such like high, well, 
the vice president, she's from a super high pedigree family, and she's too proud to confess her love to him, so she wants to try to make him confess his love to her. But him, he went from like rags to riches, you know, he worked, he worked super hard, now he's the president of this like high pedigree school. He's got too much pride to do it, so he's trying to get her to confess her love to him. And it's just antics episode after episode about them just like really pushing each other closer and closer and they're all like always close to breaking but they don't but you know they the thing is they both really like each other too and so this, the, the, that like the stakes are real high for them on that end and it's got like the the, the secretary chica which Bless her heart, everyone loves. Love her, love her. <laughs> um, you know, she's just in the middle of it, just like, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's fully cognizant of the whole thing, um, but she just she just makes it that much more entertaining. Uh, and the whole show is just around those antics. Um, I loved it, I'm excited for the next season. Yeah, it's interesting like how anime can like flip a concept that is just like, you know, like the interaction between the two people to who like each other, but like again, like ramp it up. Yeah. And like make it almost like a shonen manga battle level where it's just like, it's not about like, it's like submitting each other to make each other say, you know, I like you, right? Yeah. Which it can, it can feel like that sometimes in real life, right? Like, you know, there's a struggle there, you know, when you're trying to figure out if you like somebody or not. And like, the way they portray it is actually really, you know, fun. Yeah, and this yeah. ship is selling through a monsoon. <laughs> It's just like, man, it gets freaking tense sometimes. <laughs> and just imagine them just like kind of backing each other into like a corner. It's like, oh, they're so close and they find a way out. <laughs> it's good. It, yeah. it is a wonderful show. Um, yeah. Cool. And number one, um, <laughs> we're back in Shonen Land. Naturally. Uh, and that is Attack on Titan Season 3 specifically. I mean, if you're listening to this and, like, you know, you've heard of one anime, I mean, odds are it's probably Attack on Titan, to be honest. Is there only three seasons to this thing? But they make them really long. They split them. Oh, I see. Yeah, but also, between season one and two was a four or five year gap. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So this premise, another post-apocalyptic, well, like, is that a spoiler? Maybe not. Anyways, it's a post-apocalyptic world where humanity is confined to a city that has three walls. Why are there walls? It's because outside those walls, the, the outer wall is these huge, like... Titans. Yeah, titans <laughs> <laughs> that attack you. <laughs> but they look freaky. They look like humans that are naked and have no genitals. Mm -hmm. And they just, like... They're missing some skin sometimes. Yeah, yeah. missing some skin. It's, it's very unnerving. I think, like, again... I think the reason why people like latched onto it is like it was just so shocking and so brutal to your point like kind of because I think at this point a lot of anime was like you know trying to come back to like cutesy and safe and but there's a lot of anime there people that don't yeah there's a lot of stakes like it's it was terrifying like I think the first episode you see like the main protagonist's mother get like like bitten in half yeah. yeah in front of him and like a lot of blood it was fucking gruesome yeah <laughs> But I definitely think it's one of the darker shonens. But I guess it's like, again, you know, the whole concept of it is like people just trying to like, how do you survive in this new world? And how do these people, 
you know. It's kind of a mix of uh, Dr. Stone and like Promise oh, Neverland, actually. I got an idea. Why don't we send kids at them? Exactly. Obviously, because <laughs> teenagers are equipped to do everything in, the, in you know in anime, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the people you should send, and you know, just put some fucking hydraulic powered grappling vest to them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it sounds like I'm joking, but I'm not. <laughs> you know, it's true. It's true. I mean, then you could like that's the, the beauty of the anime too. You could like really like if you want to like really di- dig deep, and you could find some like comment social commentary about all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's basically saying like our future lies in our youth, like in the kids, because yeah. I mean and Japan is like an aging society, and you know like they're pretty much leaving everything up to whatever young people are left. So there's the connection that I'm yeah. drawing. Maybe yeah. it's right, maybe it's wrong. I don't know. I mean that's the beauty of it. Like there could be so many takes on it. Yeah. Again, Attack on Titan. You know, number one, I can see why it has that staying power as the name brand. Yeah. So who has watched it? I only watched the second, first half of it. I got spoiled. I haven't watched this season yet. Oh. I got spoiled on something that happens in season three, and I can definitely see why it's at the top. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because again, like another thing too, it's like yes, like at the surface level, it's like people trying to survive these titans, but again, there's like this underlying sinister like yeah. plot on why the world the way it is the way it is. Kind of like kind of that lot. If you watch the TV show Lost, it's like why are why is it mm-hmm. the way it is, but you're still there's still stakes at the same time. So it's like, how do you grapple, like how do you deal with both? So yeah, it's definitely a good drama. A lot of good action. It's intense. Uh, Studio Wit did it, yeah, it's beautifully done. Intense as fuck. Um, Surprises. Yeah, a lot of, like it's... Well animated. Yeah. I mean, production values, on, yeah, everything. Like it kind of checks, bo- checks off all the boxes. Yeah, I just can't get past the fact that the Titans weird me out. So oh, yeah, yeah, very intentional. Kind of weird, yeah, but it's intentional. I think some of them are drawn to just look like the staff too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, look, they, they could look derpy, but then they could like really look scary, like uh, they could like Colossal Titan, right? Yeah, it's just like a human with no skin, so just the skeletal, skeletal, skeletal and muscular, like just yeah. that's it. It's like if yeah. a person was skin. Oh, and they're also gigantic. And they're yeah. huge. We hadn't mentioned this. They're yeah. called Titans for that reason. Yeah, they're called Titans. But yeah, this is the top ten uh, for twenty nineteen according to a you know like you know pretty big anime community. I think it's pretty representative. You can see the trends. Oh yeah. People love post apocalyptic shonens. Yeah. I mean, shonen's that's what we that's kind of what we're living in right now, right? <laughs> I mean, also shonen is really easy to digest. Yeah. yeah. It's like um, there's 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 not a lot of niche filling that you need to do with shonens. They, you know. Anyone can probably appreciate a good shonen, and it's there, and that doesn't that's nothing wrong with it either. It's you know good. It's intended for general consumption. Any other anime mentions from this year that weren't on that list for you guys? Oh, there's a lot. Yeah, so like I want to like talk about like what like what's like maybe one or two because uh, I want to keep make this, I want to make sure this podcast isn't too long. Kind of give me your top two that you would recommend to people right now, whether that's. Open it up. It could be current or it could be old. Just, you know, whatever you want to share with the audience. Uh, I can start. Yeah. Just because, like, I don't have to draw from a very deep pool because I only watch, like, two <laughs> or three a year. <laughs> uh, but the other one I did watch uh, was, uh, per Jesse's recommendation, it was Konosuba. Konosuba! Isekai! Isekai! Also Isekai, yeah. I liked this anime because it was very meme-y. <laughs> um, it's definitely a lot of memes that can come from it. Uh, I was 
a little taken aback at how fan servicey it was at first, but you kind of get over it. It's not like too overly crazy. But the gist of it is, it's um, it's a subversion of all those like MMO slash medieval animes, in that it's some guy that was kind of a loser in in one life, and he died, and he got reincarnated or reincarnated in this other world. Uh, and he's just kind of a scumbag. He's just a bad person overall. Um, and then, yeah, and so like he gets like one wish or one request when he gets reincarnated, and then being the jerk that he is, he uh, takes the the goddess with him, and that's yeah. Aqua. Yeah. Uh, this happens like really early, so it's not really a spoiler. And then like antics ensue. They try to recruit a party, and then it just turns out to be this crazy party of just misfits everyone's got like weird ass flaws and uh but somehow through the power of friendship they uh are able to like overcome these crazy like obstacles to everyone's like you know awe i guess that they never expected this to happen but it's it's like a, a fun watch i guess it's um but yeah um and for one that i recommend uh i haven't watched or it's been a long, long time since I watched this, but I, all I remember was that it was very good. Is um, I think it was Samurai Seven. Samurai is it a playoff? Uh, it, it's with Kurosawa. I uh, think so. I think it's like it's somewhat related to Seven Samurai. Yeah. Um, so you might guess how it ends as a result of that. But I remember the animation was really cool, and the characters are very different and very lovable. Um, but yeah looks pretty cool that we just pulled it up on the screen that we have here but i highly recommend watching this it's not too long from what i remember um but it is very good and all the characters are very unique and have their own styles it also kind of i think i watched this after i watched uh samurai shampoo um which is also an obvious classic that mm. everyone should watch um oh, yeah. if not for the animation and the story uh just for the music the definitely music, new yeah. job is r.i.p yeah. Um, rest in beats. Yeah. How about you guys? Uh, if I were to just okay, so if I were to stick to two thousand nineteen, I think the main two I would suggest that I really enjoyed. I'm not gonna say my hero because everyone's gonna fucking say it. Everyone's yeah. already said it. Like, cheap. It's it's a, it's a it's a it's a cheap one. So, <laughs> so the first one is gonna be uh, O Maidens in Your Savage Season. Uh, that came out in uh, summer. Uh, is that a historical one? Huh? Is that a historical one? No, no, no. Okay, so, O Maidens in Your Savage Season is about these five girls in the literature club. And so, you know, they're reading a lot of literature from, like, eight, like old Japanese literature. And, you know, a lot of Japanese literature speaks very, like, flowery and, like, romantic or, like, very poetic about things around love and, like, desire and sex and stuff like that. But you know, they're a bunch of high school girls, they don't know anything about it. And so the, the story is about them kind of like learning about, you know, that they're developing feelings of like the opposite sex or the same sex or kind of like, uh, you know, where they, it, it, it's a, it's a, what's, what's, what's the- um, It's coming of age. It's a coming of age story told from the perspective of uh, females and it was actually also written by a female, uh, Mario Okada, one of my favorite writers. Yes, yes. Um, what, what else has she done? 
she, uh, Anohana, she's written that. Uh, Not the tearjerker. Tearjerker, freaking love it. Did the movie Machia, tearjerker. Tearjerker. Freaking loved it. Um, anyways, like, you know, it's a very good show. Uh, it was, it's, it's gonna, you know, it's funny, it's dramatic, um, it's thought provoking. Uh, I think it's, a, I thought it was a really good show. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, it, I mean, just in, in general, in the anime, like, world, a show like this is not very common either. I mean, that's interesting for you to say, because, like, you as a a man mm-hmm. <laughs> that does not go through puberty, I mean, has not gone through female puberty, yes. a different experience, like, <laughs> what was it that attracted to you? Like, what resonated with you? Well, I think the general concept of just, you know, the the, the general progression of, like, coming to terms with certain feelings, mm. you know, and they go through that a lot, too. It's like, it's like, oh, you know, that guy was always just the guy, but, you know, now there's feelings. And, you know, growing up, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that girl's just a girl, but, you know, now I'm starting to kind of see her a little differently. Right. And so it, 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 there's definitely a lot of similarities, but I thought it was interesting because, you know, I didn't grow up with that, so it was kind of right. interesting to see. Right. Um, you know, I obviously can't say, speak on the accuracy of it. Yeah. Because... But it gave you, you a window know. to that world, and yeah, in that, and in some experiencing that, you learned something about it. Yes, and it's uh, you beautiful. Know, overall, yeah. it was very, I thought it was a very well told story. Either way, um, all five of them kind of, you know, they probably could have fleshed out a few characters better, but yeah. for a 12, 30 episode, I mean, not too bad. Cool. Uh, second show is going to be Carol and Tuesday. Ooh. <laughs> um, Carol and Tuesday. Uh, was done by the same director as Samurai Shampoo. And uh, Cowboy Bebop. And Cowboy Cowboy Bebop. Bebop. And, uh, you know, the show is about Carol. Uh, She lives in... So the story takes place on Mars, like like a, you know, post... uh, Like a way, way past formation of civilization on Mars. You know, they're an advanced civilization now. Like interstellar... Exactly. Travel kind of. Some yeah. say in the same world as Cowboy Viva. Yes, because they use mm-hmm. they use uh, what's it called Ulan, I think. They as, do the as currency. Yeah. So, um, what it is then is, uh, Carol. She lives uh, in this one, like kind of in the city. And Tuesday, she's a very like kind of sheltered girl. Um, and, but they both love music. So, Tuesday runs away from home. You know, she's never been to the city. She meets Carol uh, in the city one day, just as she's walking, because Carol is always on the bridge. She's playing her piano, kind of humming her melody, and people are just passing her by. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she catches Tuesday's attention. And then Tuesday had nowhere to go, so she, you know, stayed at Carol's place, and then they just start playing music together. And, you know, the story goes from there. Kind of like their growth as becoming musicians and discovering, you know, um, like creative, like the creative process, uh, writing the music in a world that's where all music is produced and written by AI. Mm. So, you know, they're too poor for AI, so they kind of have to do it by hand. But it's you know, it's an interesting take on the creative process. Right. And you know the the what people get from it. And the music's probably fire, right? The music is freaking 
fire. I listened to the album so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only watched the first half, but I gotta watch the second, and then I can listen to the album. That shit is fire, fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kamau? Oh, man. There's so many good ones, but I Give do want to mention, I'll mention one anime and one anime movie. Ooh. Uh, one anime that I recommend definitely um, is Made in Abyss. Um, it's a really good one that's about a, a girl that's in an orphanage as well. Um, found out that she believes that her mother is actually living in this massive abyss that you have to climb down. And the abyss is nearby the orphanage. Um, the society there, they collect gems and stuff from this abyss. But on this one day, the, the girl was actually out and she discovers this human-like robot. Um, so definitely there's a lot of mystery with that. But they go on an expedition to try to find her mom at the bottom of the abyss. And they go through a lot of trials and tribulations. And there's a lot going on with it, but definitely I loved it, the, the, the art style, and it was really cute. Uh, definitely I'm waiting for the next part of it. There's a movie coming out as well for it, but I think that's one thing that I would recommend to you guys to check out. What kind of, like, is it like thrillery or is it... There, it's funny because there's some parts that are cute, but there are some dark, dark parts of it because you're going to this abyss and not a lot of people survive going into the abyss. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of mystery that's in it and there's something else that's behind the scenes of this abyss or people that are living in this abyss as well. My second one is a movie that I really, really love called Your Name. Your Name. Um, definitely, it is on RJ's shirt today, which oh, he's yeah. rocking, so that's yeah. awesome. Shinkai, baby. I didn't realize that was last year. Uh, no, no, it's oh, not. Two years ago. Um, it was two years two ago, years ago, but uh, I wanted to mention it for people to uh, yeah. watch. Yeah. I mean, um, it's big. It's a big time. But definitely, uh, it's about uh, these two characters. Um, it turns into like a Freaky Friday type of thing that they switch bodies, but they keep going back and forth. Mm -hmm. So they experience the other's uh, daily life and how they grow, but then they build this kind of relationship. And with all of this going on, there's a, uh, a phenomenon that's going on with a, a meter that's uh, falling past or going past the earth but it might be falling to the earth so yeah can't give any more away because yeah. it's but the yeah. visual aspects is great i think oh, yeah. it's one of the best that i've seen um and the music is great um red wimps or something yep yeah. red wimps so so they definitely came they came back again for another movie um, but definitely uh, i recommend this movie um it's a tearjerker mm -hmm. yeah we it's love so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I think it was just checks all the boxes, man. Like the, if I had to like point to like you know like what top class anime was, like your name would probably be one of them. I mean, like it was like top grossing like movie of all time in Japan for like I don't know how long. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, did pretty well here. Beat the like, Spirited Away. It beat Spirited Away. Yeah, yeah. this is the first thing in a That's while. That's how big it was. 
Yeah, and it's like it's cool because it's like you know it's grounded in reality, but then it again just ramps up like like what this reality, like what our lives could look like, and like tells yeah. this like beautiful story. I felt the pacing was very good, um, to the point where it's like it builds up, then stuff happens, and then more stuff happens, and it it never like feels too jarring like with the pacing. Yeah, and I think with, like with our personal picks, I think we're seeing something more just like just really focusing on like everyday things. And like, I think like the Japanese or like anime in general like are really good at like highlighting like like the value and the, how big and important these everyday things can be. Like growing up, going through puberty, like you know, um, I think the anime that I want to highlight for 2019, I think I was the only one who watched it, it was called Run With The Wind. Mm, um, yeah. It was about a, um, Basically, a ragtag like group of uh, people, uh, college students that want to run in Japan's biggest like relay race, marathon race, at the end of the year. Uh, every year, it's it's like a New Year's race, and they run in the the hills and mountains of Hakone. Uh, and the whole idea is, is like this. It's a kind of like it, I think the reason why I like anime so much is like you take this sport of like running, but they really like use it as a vehicle to you know like illuminate like the journey of all the other characters right there's this one character who's like a great runner and but then he was shunned like he had a bad past so his whole thing was he, he always ran away from things so you get him to progress where he has to eventually grows and realizes that he's got to stop running and he needs to like run for the right reasons like it's like it's like beautiful right it's like using these metaphors it's very deep but then at the same time there's just people just it's just dudes running every day like at the at the surface of it, I'm just watching dudes run, uh, but it's you know they're able to illuminate and highlight like you know the magic and the you know importance of what happens like living your life and like you know doing the things that you love. And yeah, I definitely check it out. I think Madhouse also did this beautifully animated it. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. And if you want to see Hot Boys, watch that. Yeah. So, we're getting up there. So, I wanted to talk about, like, you know, anime we're going to watch in the future. Movie. Huh? I think that was just one. I just want to do one, because okay. in, in the sake of time, because oh, I yeah. want to get to Last Call. <laughs> so, this is a little fun one. This is a little fun one. So, we talked a lot about a lot, about a lot of anime, you know, kind of things that we connect with and things we like. Like, if you were a famous anime character, who would you be? <laughs> uh, I can start if you guys. Yeah. I, I thought about it. I, I thought about it. I never <laughs> thought about this. Well, then, I'll give you time. Here, so I think for me, comes from a shonen anime, very popular one. I think it was the top one for a while. Naruto. Naruto, obviously, uh, in a world of ninjas, he's trying to become the top ninja. And the character that I think I would be that resonates with me a lot is one of his mentors. His name was Jiraiya Sama. Uh, he. Uh, Naruto lovingly called him Erosening, which basically translate, roughly translates to pervy sage. And the reason why I resonate with him is because I think he's like, obviously like, you know, he was considered like one of the three sages, like three sage, or like he was like one of the top three ninjas in, his, in the world. Super powerful, well respected, but he was a trash bag. And the reason why I say that is really, he's really pervy. And he would hella just like, he was like a, you know, sneak 
he would like peek in on like you know bathhouses of women. He wrote like a seminal porn series in that world that one of our one of the characters Kakashi reads to this day. Um, and it, I, the reason why I like him is because like he's like yeah he he's a symbol of excellence. He's really good, but he struggled, man. And like he um, again I like I, I definitely like like the perviness aspect of it too. But I think also like his power is like he's a sage. So basically he takes natural energy from the earth and uses it to power himself up. So I kind of like that concept of like, you know, he's like one with the earth. Like he's a cool, he has a cool power, but like, I guess I want to say more because it might spoil it, but like he is what I think is like a true definition of what a hero is. And he pushes, you know, you know, he does what it takes to like, you know, you know, push that generation forward and like bring everybody up and really be, you know, live up to that title of being like, you know, one of the top ninjas in the world. But yeah, again, he's a perv at the end of the day. So I like that duality of like, you know, just because you see somebody like if someone's great, they're not, you know, they have their flaws or they have their own like weird stuff. And yeah, that really vibed with me. Anybody else? I could go next. All right. Um, so this is kind of unorthodox, but actually, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm really 100% of this character, but there are things of this character I like that kind of, I have somewhat similar qualities for. Um, basically, this character is in the show Assassination Classroom. Okay. Koro-sensei. Oh, interesting. So, basically... Who is Koro-sensei? Koro-sensei is basically this teacher, but he's not a, an ordinary teacher. He is, he looks weird. He looks like an alien, basically. And, um, I mean, I'm not, I don't know, the tentacle thing, I don't know. But um, <laughs> There's tentacles. There's tentacles. Um, there's many of them. Oh, but yeah. the fact that, uh, so before he became a teacher, he actually destroyed the moon, that they say. And then he, only, he gave the world a timeline that he would like to teach a class for a year before he destroyed the world. And that class could try to assassinate him in any kind of way they can. Yeah. And then if they destroy him, uh, the class would get rewarded like a big sustain, a big amount of yeah. money and stuff. Um, but what I like about this character that I feel that has some similar traits is that, um, one, uh, he, I guess he's a little pervy, but yeah. you know. But uh, the fact that he wanted, his passion was to teach these students to make them better, because the classroom he was taught is not like the smartest class. It's like the worst class that you could be assigned to. Yeah. And basically the school would like, would like to give up on these kids. But he felt that they actually each uh, kid in that class had some kind of trait that you know they could uh, learn that he could offer to teach. And before, in my profession, I used to be a manager. So I used to like teach my uh, subordinates you know, on certain skills. And, and make them better, and just seeing them grow and develop to my peers and succeed, that, that gave me a lot of joy in that. Oh. And for him to have this group of like ruffians and you know people that the society gave up on, that you know he wanted to make a change and impact them, 
um, and see what they could do. Uh, I think that was a great thing that I liked about the, the, the show as well. That's awesome. He sounds very similar to Jiraiya Sensei. Yeah. <laughs> Kirby, we had to work hard, you know, bring up the next generation. Yeah. Cool. Who's next? I guess I could give it a shot. Yeah. I, I have no idea. So just I, pick one. I'm just going to say Todoroki from My Hero. Ooh, uh, so he's the half fire, half ice guy. The reason is like... Are you hot and you're cold? <laughs> could be sometimes, but it's more like I may look like I'm just moody and have resting bitch face, but I'm genuinely nice if you talk to me. Don't talk to me. Also, like, <laughs> this is getting a little too deep, but like I'm trying not to be my father, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Got you. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Um, Feel that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's also... He's generally very like smart and analytical when it comes to like his battles and his fights, um, and at least in uh, when they fight Stain, uh, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. They fight some guy, but he's like um, very like focused on what what the task at hand is, right? And he's trying to like tell his other teammates or whoever's around or lying on the floor, I guess, in this case, to, like, get up and do your job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess, here you go. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. All right. Um, that's a hard one, dude. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, actually, I, I, just got, I would have to go with Yato from Noragami. Noragami is a story about uh, a essentially stray god and so Nora uh, Yato is um, this like you know in a world where you know you can see the spirit gods and so they have more wealth based on like how many shrines there are how many people pray to them how many people donate to him you know and so Yato is kind of like a poor you know uh, god just trying to make it in, make it up he's trying to be successful but he's not trying to do it at the expense of others he's trying to do it right you know, he only charges five yen for any task you ask him to do, and he'll do it. Um, so I see kind of like a, a little bit of myself in that. You know, I didn't have a lot growing up, and so, you know, my family, we kind of just like clawed our way up little bit by little bit, trying to work our, our way to the big shrine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also a great show. Check it out, y'all. It's, it's a very good, well-animated show. Also Bones. Bones. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think going through this exercise just really kind of shows why we love anime, right? Like we really resonate with all these people, and you know, I think the beauty of it is like that can be for anybody, right? Like, there's so many stories that can be told in this medium, so many aspects of life that can be highlighted that people can get really get into. And I mean, we I feel like we've been talking about this forever, forever. But you know, it's a pod. I want you guys to get, you know. Start working and stuff or whatever. Part two. <laughs> I mean, they're probably part two, three, four. Honestly, like I was thinking about this too. Like, I just it just came to me, right? Like, if I just did an anime only podcast, I'd call it Sage Mode before I just turn up. Cause mm. like I love Jiraiya, and that's what he does, Sage Mode. So, who knows? You know, this could be a something. I might spin off another one. Who knows? But like again, we love anime so much, and if us talking about it very nerdily and very kind of deep diving into it, like gets you know you to be able to dip your toes into it. You know, I think it was well worth the hour and a half we talked about it because I think it shows how much we love it. 
and you know if you need recommendations you can reach out to any of us and you know we'll probably talk your ear off but you know I think it's a great world to live in it's a great time to be a weave mm-hmm. watch them all yeah watch them all even yeah. the dumpster fires <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can talk about that next, <laughs> next part sometimes you used to just devour that good trash <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that could be the next that, last one. That's all right, man. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. We're, we're signing off then. Do you have any last words? Uh, no. We're good. All right, then, y'all. We'll, we'll see time. you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.